Hey gang, it's John. Thanks for listening to the special bonus episode of The Hustle. We get to hear from Tom Kiefer. Of course, Tom Kiefer was the frontman for Cinderella. Such a great, underrated band, if you ask me. But the last few years, he's been off on his own. And he's fronting now, of, naturally, the Tom Kiefer band. And they just put out a brand new album a couple of months ago called Rise. In fact, you're listening to, I think, what was the first single off of that album, The Death of Me. Let me tell you, go check out the video of this song. It's very sobering. It details kind of the challenges, especially around his throat procedures that he's been having the last few years. If you don't know, he's got a, he had a disorder in his throat that really uh, nearly ended his career, but he's worked through it and he's doing much better now. We talk about that a little bit. He didn't want to get into it too deeply. He's probably sick, of tire, sick and tired of talking about it, I understand. And we only had 25 minutes. So I did the best I could to kind of, you know, throw in as much interesting stuff in that short amount of time as possible. I could have gone on forever and ever with him. But anyway, I mostly want to know, like, you know, what satisfaction does he get out of being the Tom Kiefer band now that he didn't get in Cinderella? Um, or that, you know, what, how, is his ju- how are his juices flowing today? He works very closely with his wife, Savannah. They co-write a lot of music. They co-produce. She's in the band. Um, he's built this thing up, as he says in here, from a little tiny thing, you know, going solo that nobody was really interested in at first into a really great... Uh, great band and he wears his influences on his sleeve so I want to know about that I want to know about the new album the new album has a lot of like I don't know spiritual undertones some of the lyrics get almost religious I want to know is Tom Kiefer religious so I want to know about that too I ask him about that too we talk about some of his influences Uh, anyway hope you enjoy all of this I think he's fantastic he called me from his home in Nashville I gotta tell you, Tom. I uh, I live in Denver, and last year I finally got to see you in concert for the first time. It was you and Lita Ford, and it was one of the most satisfying concert experiences I've ever had. And I wanted to tell you that because I'm sure that you get just bombarded with questions as to why there's no Cinderella. Why do you do your solo thing? And I just wanted to say that it was I got everything I could have possibly wanted from that concert. It was all the great Cinderella songs, all the great solo stuff, tons of great covers. You sounded amazing. And so I just wanted to let you know that I get it now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, was, I loved well, it. It was so much fun. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I've, I've been having a blast touring with this new band. You know, it's just something that I evolved into. You know, it started with the release of The Way Life Goes. Yeah. And then this band was formed, you know, to tour behind that. And we just became such a tight-knit family, not only musically, which you witnessed, but off stage too. And yeah. um, we work really well together. And that, you know, we toured for like six years, just kind of oh. becoming a band. And part of that was yeah. the promotion cycle for The Way Life Goes. But, the, you know, a lot of those years were just like, you know, it was a new band. 
and I had stepped away from the old, and it was kind of uh-huh. like starting over. So we had to really go out there and prove ourselves and kind of yeah. grow the new band, you know, from like small clubs up to bigger venues, which we did. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then that all led to, you know, hey, let's go make a record. And yeah. that's where that's been about a year ago was when we started recording Rise last awesome. uh, last fall. Good. I uh, I want to ask. I have so many questions about Rise, but I am curious while we're talking about it. What is it that you get from this band that you don't get from Cinderella? Because you strike me as somebody who I would ima- maybe I'm wrong, but I would imagine you could be out there calling yourself Cinderella if you wanted to, but you don't. You feel you seem very focused on this new thing, on the present. What is it that makes this better for you artistically? Well, it's just it's different. It's something new. It's it's mm-hmm. not Cinderella. So I, I, why would I call it that? It's not. Okay. It's you know it started off as me kind of releasing a solo record, and then the the band was formed after that. The first record yeah. was made with session players. There wasn't a band, uh, but then all of a sudden there was a band that felt like real you know we had great chemistry the fans were noticing it and the fans actually nate came up with the hashtag Kiefer band online really because yeah when we were out touring for a few years and people were really you know noticing the chemistry of the band and it just wasn't like me with a bunch of other people that felt like a band so you know they started hashtagging we thought that had kind of a cool ring to it so we actually started putting that on the backdrop and it's become our logo so Um, so it's just evolved into this. You know, I really love the people. They're amazing players and singers. And um, personally, we get along really well. You know, everyone's really got their priorities straight. And that is to kind of like walk off that bus and walk on stage and give, you know, 200% every night. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, it's just a, a great musical energy, you know, that I, I would say is, you know, it's just, it's hard to describe, but I, I would say it's playing with this group of people is the, the best musical energy that I think I've ever felt, you know, and I mean, right. I was in a lot of bands before Cinderella too, so yeah. as a kid growing up, so yeah. there's just something about this band, and it was very easily captured in the studio. Right. Um, okay. So, you know, it just, and it just, it just clicked, you know, it kind of evolved yeah. into itself, and it just clicked and worked, and you know, to compare the two, it's just, it's two different things. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to, I want to ask you more about that, the evolution of you as an artist and Cinderella, but specifically, let's get into Rise for a minute, because one thing I noticed in this album is that there are a lot of songs with like spiritual undertones. Breathe in the fire, exhale the dark, somehow it always creeps back. Feeling my heart through every flower, seeing the light burning out through my eyes. Crowd last mile, shining a ray. I'll stand again. I'm gonna
little, you know, uh, lyric snippets in a lot of these songs that imply that you're sort of, and I wondered if this was a byproduct of the health issues that you've had. Are you a spiritual person or a religious guy, or is that just sort of where you're, has being sick and getting over it sort of given you some new depth to your understanding of, of life? What, where does this come from? Well, I've, not, I've always lived my life with faith. I mean, okay. and, and, and there's hints of it in other songs dating back to songs like, you know, even The Last Mile, you know, if you oh. read the lyrics of that chorus. And um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of um, uh, uh, tones in, you know, even past work and songs that are, you know, finding strength in adversity or light in the dark, you know. Um, so it, that's not an uncommon theme for me to write. I think it's very strong on this record. And maybe that's because I started over, you know, and as as much as, you know, this has been uh, an amazing experience with the new band and I loved every minute of it. it you know, they're, they're, it was starting over, you know, yeah. we started yeah. in very small clubs and they weren't very full in the beginning the first year. And we've, <laughs> we've kind of stuck to it and, and grew the band out there and did the work and worked hard for six years. So we and we all went through that together. So we all, you know, we're very hungry and working yeah. together towards a goal. So I think, you know, maybe that, but I've always, I've always been someone who's walked through life with faith, you know, um, okay. and, and it's, you know, you can call it spirituality or religion or what, you know, whatever, and, yeah. you know, people yeah. call it different things, but I have faith and I think that's what gets me through and Savannah does too. And we've been through a whole lot together, she and I yeah. have, and, you know, it's that sometimes where you just have to kind of let go and, and yeah. see how things are going to work out. And they always seem to work out. You yeah. Know? I find so you can choose, you can oh. choose to wake up and be like negative. Yeah. Or you can choose to wake up and look at the good things because every day's got negative and positive in it every day. So true. So, so true. I find the spiritual lives of rock stars really interesting. I'm always curious what's going on kind of under the hood with them because, you know, we associate, and, you know, especially, especially the hair for lack of a better word, the hair metal guys from the 80s, to imagine those guys being men of faith or, you know, saying their prayers <laughs> or whatever uh, is just counterintuitive. And yet, when you talk to a lot of people like you, you find out that's not really what's going on. And so I just thought that would be really interesting to find out what is Tom Keeper's spiritual life like? You know, does he say his prayers every day? Does he meditate? Is he a Christian? Does yeah. he read the Bible? What is it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think, look, to walk through life without some kind of faith or spirituality or belief in something that's kind of guiding us or looking at looking after us. I mean, the things the things that we face in our life that are challenging, you know, to not be able to sometimes just say, you know, this is out of my hands and I trust and I have faith that this is going to work out because there's a there's a bigger there's a bigger thing out there, you know, that, you know. It's you know I, I life would kind of suck without that I think you know yeah okay I want I was curious about you know this is really only your second solo album and um, are you somebody who do you agonize over songwriting is this something that takes you a long time to kind of wrestle with or are you is it other I, I know the throat surgeries and stuff like that kept you, you know, from really recording for a while. Are you uh, prolific, or do you, do you struggle with this stuff sometimes? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting way to put it, um, if it's a struggle. No, I wouldn't say it's a struggle. Okay. What I've learned, and, 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 and I learned early on, 
uh, when I started writing songs was that if you really force them, they sound forced and they're usually not as good. So the struggle for me is to just allow them to come, if that makes sense. And sometimes when you do that, you might not write a song for two years, you know, but, but during that two years, you're, 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 I call that filling the well. You're living life, you're experiencing things, you're going through different emotions, different experiences in life, you're observing things that other people are going through, you know, you know, you're holding up, helping other people get through problems, they're helping you, you know, it's, you know, you're just living life and you're, and you, that's filling the well of inspiration to me. So, um, I've always just kind of taken the approach of, I kind of wait for the song to hit me and it's. Because I start with lyrics always. Oh, um, really? Okay. That can they can hit you anywhere. You know, yeah. I mean, you can be driving down the road, and 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 you know, because of that, I mean, I don't know if this is prolific, if you would call this prolific or not. I mean, I have a song idea every five minutes. It's just I'm just yeah. judging whether it's a good one or not. <laughs> so I love it. you're constant, you're constantly analyzing your thoughts, yeah. and you dis- dismiss ninety percent of them as like that's not a very good song. Uh-huh. Well, what, and then you get another thought, and you go, well, what about this one? Well, that's pretty good. Let's try to remember that one. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, so, the, like, for Rise, all these songs are new song ideas. There's nothing left over from The Way Life Goes, nothing left over uh-huh. from Cinderella Days. It's like all brand new ideas that and inspirations that struck either myself or Savannah, who, right. you know, wrote, you know, I co-wrote the record with, over the last six years. Uh-huh. And... I would say that we didn't really write any songs over the last six years. We collected a lot of ideas, uh, like, like kind of like titles or like book uh, titles or mo- movie titles, right? Uh, Topics, subjects, yeah. emotions, song titles, maybe a song title with a melody that just keeps ringing in your head or a line. Yeah. And then when we got off the bus just about a year ago, we kind of pulled all these ideas together and the ones that kind of really, like really stood out and just kind of started speaking you know we, we then we finished them then we sat down and we actually wrote the songs yeah okay and i find that when you have that period of time where you're just collecting ideas and then you get to a point where you need the cathartic process of recording them and getting them out yeah. you you look at that pile of song ideas and there's ones that just stand out yeah. because they were real inspirations and there were things that happened along your journey in life mm-hmm. and those are the ones that just write themselves you know, when you actually go, okay, let's, this is a great idea. Let's sit down and work on this. You grab a guitar or a piano and the rest of it just kind of falls out. And that's what I mean by, you know, you get a more natural, real song when you, when, for me anyway, when I approach it that way, when I just, as opposed to at 10 o'clock today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pick up a guitar and I'm writing a song. You know, you kind of got to gather those seeds and then you evaluate them when you're ready to record. And and the really powerful ones usually just leap. The 11 that ended up on Rise just jumped out of the pile. Okay. Excellent.
what I find really interesting about that song is that, and I know that your voice, I mean, we got to talk about your voice for a minute because it's been through hell and back, but at the beginning, you sing, I, I mean, I assume this is you, it took me a minute to think, is that calm? Because you were singing in such a low register that we never hear from you. And, uh, and then it goes from that to the, you know, just guttural, wailing, beautiful screaming that you do. And I thought, man, how does this guy keep it together? What is the, how is your voice these days? Um, knock on wood, it's been very strong. Um, and, you know, I, I still have the weakness from the neurological condition I was diagnosed with that almost took my voice away from me. But I've, yeah. from working with coaches over the years, and I won't spend too much time on this because I've, you know, but working with coaches over the years, I've, I've figured out how to strengthen it and kind of trick it into behaving correctly. But the underlying condition will always be there, so I have to a lot of warm ups, a lot of exercises, that kind of thing to keep it in shape. But um, when I do that, it seems to be as strong, if not stronger, than than ever some nights. So yeah, you're a you're a freak of nature, Tom. Because when I saw you in concert, I was actually kind of worried. I remember you doing the Joe Cocker with a little help from my friends. And I, it was interesting to read recently that you viewed James Brown as a real uh, inspiration because I totally got that. You're down on your knees and you're just feeling it. And I'm like, this guy has throat problems. He's going to blow it out any second. And yet you don't. You give it all, your all every night. I was so impressed. Everyone that I admired in rock and roll growing up just had that energy and not even, not just rock and roll, but like James Brown. I went and saw James Brown a bunch of times as a kid, you know, and I mean, he, he put it out, man, every night, you know. So um, I saw him multiple times and, you know, I've seen Johnny Winter. So, you know, I've seen a lot of the roots artists that, that inspired and became part of the soup that was rock and roll. And I've seen, you know, I've seen the Stones, I've seen all my heroes and, You know they always delivered, so you know you want to you want to try and carry on carry on the tradition. That's right, man. You do. Um, I am curious. How do you? Because you you seem like someone who is just so defiantly in the present. You know, I don't look back. I know you look back or you hearken back, I should say, to your influences. You wear your influences beautifully on your sleeve, but you do seem like somebody who's constantly moving forward. And I wondered, how do you? look back on, like, Cinderella? How do you look back on those early, on the early albums? There was an evolution there, and I want to ask you about that next, but are you cool with your past, or are you sort of like, no, I, I, I do that for the fans, but I am right here, right now? 
No, I mean, I've always made the music that I wanted to make. From the first record on, I was fortunate with Night Songs that we had a veteran producer like Andy Johns who just said the record company's not coming anywhere near the studio. We're going to make the record that we want to make. So, you know, that, that was never an issue. And I, I love, you know, still, like, you know, you saw the concert. Still play all those songs. I'm still proud of them. You know, I wrote them. I sang them. I did the majority of the guitar work on them. Um, so they're, they're very much a part of me. anything that I did because of, you know, sometimes people think record companies tell you what you have to do or play or whatever. That was never the case. You know, it's yeah. just kind of like I do things the same now as I did then. I write songs and I go in and record them. Okay. Um, if, uh, you know, if, there, if there's anything that I would look back on, you know, I, I, and I think we, and I think this was, you said it's going to be your next question, the evolution from like night songs right. through. It was more of a production evolution. The music's still oh. the same style music. But, you know, those first two records had more of that slick 80s process sound. And we lost a little bit of that on Long Cold Winter and started adding other colors with instruments. That went even further on 
Heartbreak Station where the record was bone dry. It wasn't slick at all. It was very raw. And um, started learning in the studio how to kind of paint that more intimate, in-your-face rawness thing, which is probably what I would have preferred on, on the first record. But, you know, Andy's job was to come in and produce a hit record for the Times. And, you know, uh, you know that was kind of the sound of the Times. And I think, you know, all, all bands go through that, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Aerosmith's sound has evolved from their first sure. record through the stuff they did in the 80s and all. You know, you you kind of, you know, the sound changes. But to me, yeah. all the music is rock and roll. It's all, yeah. you know, it's you know, it's it's not like the style of the music change. I think there's been changes in production and approach to recording and yeah. right up through Rise, you know. I mean, Rise yeah. was like, to me, was the ultimate, like, get off the bus with a band that's greased as hell from being on the road for six years and go straight in and record the stuff as live as possible. Right. As live and raw as we could could make right. it is what is what we did. That's so great. but it's still the same kind of music. You know, okay. it's, you know it's it's all rock music. Yeah. It's just you know, I always felt the evolution was kind of recording techniques, production okay. stuff. So how do you how do you perceive it? Well, Does that make I, sense? Yes, it does, and it's interesting you ask me, because I think my favorite album of yours is Heartbreak Station, at least from the earlier period, because, right. and, I mean, I like all of them, but that was, I know at the time, people were sort of wrestling with that one, like, why do these guys sound different? But to me, it was like, yes, this is this is some really, like you said, dry, this is some straight-up blues, and it seems to me like maybe you're incorporating, I mean, I, maybe it's an image thing, because everyone, you know, uh, everyone had to look like you guys did on Night Songs, and have with the big hair and the makeup and everything like that, but underneath it all is a really rock and blues band that's going back to like roots. And so I just thought yeah. maybe as you felt more empowered by success, you wanted to incorporate more of your own thing, of your own blues influence or whatever it might be as you went along. That's sort of how I was figuring things were happening. Uh, yeah, well, I, I think what you do is you, you know, we were green when we went into the studio, and then you learn how that works, and it's an art form. And you learn how to you know, learn how to paint that picture better. Yeah. So, and that picture ultimately, what you want is the true you or your you know your expression yeah. coming out. So, you know, with the early with the first two records, you know, it's a little glossed yeah. over with some of the you know that slicker kind of '80s production and too much reverb and that kind of thing, you know. But then it was the sound of the times. Yeah, uh, it wasn't something we did intentionally. It, it happened because we walked into a studio and didn't know what the hell we were doing. And well, we did <laughs> so, it very well, though. You know? It's one of the better yeah. songs of that, or better albums of that era, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the whole thing, you know, the whole thing kind of evolved naturally. I mean, even okay. the, the kind of glamier look of it, you know, we were doing that in the club. That was doing that was big. You know, I graduated high school at the end of the seventies. You know, and kind of wow. there was a lot of that resurgence of the kind of glam rock of the 70s you know and even the cover bands that i played and then you know we were we were doing that and then that kind of carried over into the original band that ultimately uh, became cinderella so that was you know okay. just kind of an it, all of it's just kind of a natural evolution yeah okay um we don't have a lot of time left so i just got a couple more questions number one i'm really curious about the dynamic of your relationship with your wife i mean Working the, as everyone, you probably get asked this all the time. Everyone knows working together is one thing when you're husband and wife. Sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's rough. What do, what do you two bring to the table for each other that makes this such a profitable and productive relationship? Well, I mean, from a musical standpoint, you know, we, we both write from the same kind of place. She's, she's a lyrics first, emotion first kind of thing. 
writer. You know, she she I, I think I mentioned this earlier. She's the one who's responsible for the death of me, right? She wow. brought the lyric to me, and I said, wow, I can really relate to this. And we, it works both ways. You know, I bring a lyric, and I'm like, I don't know where to go with this. And, and she, So, you know, we write the same way. So from a musical standpoint, you know, that is really easy. Um, she's all about the not forcing a song. I think if either one of us, you know, if we were opposites in that way, we would probably, you know, not, not work very well yeah. together. Yeah. You know, she she kind of likes that, kind of take your time, let the songs come to you, let them simmer a little bit, see which ones really stand out, and then really take those and finish them. And okay. we kind of do that a little bit on our own sometimes first, and then we bring the ideas to each other and, okay. and finish them. And um, right. so, you know, from a writing standpoint and a musical standpoint, we have the same tastes in music. Um, we write the same way so that we don't butt heads in that sense. Okay. And then, you know, and then, you know, we're also partners in, in business too, you know, with, okay. the, with the band, you know, we produce the records together and she's a member of the band and, um, you know, we're, we're very involved in, in all the business stuff together. And we just, we just get along very well in terms of being okay. able to talk through and make decisions, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's really, time. really, really great. And we got married in 2002, so we just okay. had our second, 17. Nice. Good for you, man. That's yeah. not easy when you're a rock star, so good for you. I, I respect that a lot. Um, okay, last question. i got to know what your favorite memory is. When you look back, you've been at this for so long and so good at it for so long, and you lived through the hedonistic 80s period, and you evolved into like the, you know, the elder statesman that you are today, when you look back, what is just one of your favorite stories relating to your career? When you think, I cannot believe this happened to me, what is that thing? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to pick, like, one moment. Okay. I mean, it's... Um, you made a hero, or you played a particularly good show, or hearing your song in a certain area or place been, or setting... Well, I mean, you know, I, I always say, like, I mean, people ask this question, I guess, a different way. You're saying uh, your favorite or what, uh, people have asked me this, like, like, what's a highlight, uh, you know, and usually my answer is the Moscow Music Peace Festival, uh, you know, I mean, like, for so many reasons, because it was, you know, it, it was just, it was kind of like their Woodstock, you know, uh, we got, we got to be part of it. And it was, you know, it was a pretty special gig to be a part of. And um so that's, that's, I mean, that would, there's been so many shows. So when you say, like, what's your favorite show or one that stands out where you think you played really well, I don't know if we played well there or not, but I know it was a special part to be, a special show to be a part of. And I think uh-huh. everybody felt that way. And it was, so that's, you know, that's one that really, you know, if you're talking about shows, it's kind of has stood out. And, you know, okay. usually that's, that's usually the one that comes to mind when that's I'm asked the that okay. the question. Well, I'm just curious. I'm always curious if these, if you, Oh well, there you go. I mean, I mean, honestly, meeting meeting little Richard when he was on the yeah. in the shelter me video, uh, that was that was pretty cool. You know, I'm 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 a fan, so yeah, that was that was pretty right cool. On. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah that that one that was a big one. Cool, cool. Well, uh, Tom, thanks for your time. I love you a lot. Thanks for everything you put into the world, Tom. I love it. Well, thank you, and and uh, enjoyed talking with you. And you have a great day. You too. Take care. 
There you have it, the great Tom Kiefer. Guys, the new album is called Rise. Check it out. And if you hadn't heard it, listen to his last solo album from 2013, The Way Life Goes. That one is great, too. Um, I had to close it out, of course, with Shelter Me, off my favorite Cinderella album, Heartbreak Station, because we just got done talking about it, of course. Anyway, hope you enjoy that and hope you check it out. Special thanks to Tom. Thank you, Tom, for for talking with me. I can't believe I got to do that. Uh, If you're new to the show... Go into our archives and see if there are other people that interest you. We've been doing this for four and a half years. We've got 300 episodes in there. You're bound to find somebody that you like that we've had on the show. Go in and check it out. Uh, huge thanks, as always, to my right-hand man, Yan the Man Makevich, for all that you do. Thanks, buddy, for your production work. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can like our page. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at The Hustle Pod. And of course, we will be back on Tuesday, as we are every Tuesday, with a brand new long form episode. Okay? Thanks, everybody.